You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Volatility. Markets around the world that are watching central banks very closely, reacting to headlines on oil. So much creating volatility again as summer turns into autumn this year. What's an investor to do at a time like this? We're going to ask Greg Woodard today, senior analyst at Manning and Napier, joining us in our New York studio today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So how does the how do you describe right now, you know, the, the environment for stocks? Is it, you know, slow growth, but there's lots of opportunity? Is it well growth isn't so bad, but you have to look around the world? What's the Greg Woodard view of the equity markets? We say a very challenging growth environment. You combine that with valuations in the equity market. Um, at a point that, that we think are really priced for mediocre returns. So there's nothing to, to suggest a downturn or a bear market, but we just think it's becoming more difficult to find kind of businesses and stocks and companies that are going to achieve long-term investment goals. Having said that, Greg, do you believe that when you have this slow growth environment that you described, that people's reaction to negative news is different than if it was a more robust economy that we were experiencing. Absolutely. And if you look at the nature kind of a volatility, I think that that reflects that. I mean, if you if you look at typical measures and VIX, it's been a pretty complacent market up until the last couple of days. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, you combine that slow growth and look where we are today. We've leveled off and we've improved over the last couple of years, but we've leveled off to really levels of growth that we've seen at prior recessionary levels. So when you get some type of exogenous shock, whether it be Brexit or worries of China last year, the talk doesn't turn to is it going to impact growth. It turns to are we going to have a recession? Are we going to have a bear market? So I think you get these overreactions and you get these bouts of volatility. And active, flexive managers can use that, not to market time, but to be able to pick up good companies at good prices and be patient and waiting for some of that volatility. Uh, I just want to, and let's flesh out again this this basic picture a little bit more because you said okay we've got low growth and it's just hard to find opportunities. Uh, is it is it a low growth obstacle from the macro standpoint that you just look out across say the U.S. economy, consumers are spending moderately, sometimes well, sometimes less. Business business investment is weak. You can run through all the things, or is it? more the companies themselves not doing what it takes, not having the exciting products or services that kind of create the growth. Yep. Well, I think it's it's more the former because there's certainly pockets of opportunity out there. I mean, you look at some of the great technology companies here in the U.S., you look at some, for example, opportunities within the healthcare space. So I, I think there's companies with great business models with, you know, for example, trends of, of, of moves of businesses and consumers to the online uh, marketplace. So if you can find these companies that can benefit from some of these secular growth themes that aren't tightly tied to the economy, we think there are plenty of opportunities. Let's talk about one of them in particular, cloud computing. And we, we speak a lot about Salesforce.com. We've had uh, Mark Benioff, uh, the chief executive of Salesforce.com, recently on a Bloomberg. Amazon, of course, is a well-known name. But you mentioned ServiceNow as a company. How did you find service now and maybe just tell us a little bit about your thinking about how that came to be part of the portfolio yeah, certainly i think they they are a, a bit under the radar screen 
uh, let's say, relative to a salesforce.com. But this is a company that, that we think has a lot of recurring revenue, has a subscription revenue model, and has been transitioning towards that. So that's given us a little bit of an opportunity uh, in terms of valuation. And, and look, let's be clear, there's not a lot of really good growth companies that you're going to find at extremely, extremely cheap prices. So um, we certainly weren't argue that any company within the space um, uh, is is incredibly cheap, but we think if you can find these companies again, secular growth, uh, more movement to cloud computing, a company like ServiceNow makes makes for an interesting investment. Well, and and how about you know some of the um, favorites? Yeah, you got Google, you got Facebook, you got Amazon, you've even got Priceline. But are these have these become like? sort of the steady, you can eke something out kind of a stock as opposed to, woo, jump on board and go for that wild ride. But again, if there's not that much growth, I guess you should be happy even to eke out just some steady, modest growth in, in reliable names like that. Is that it? I think that's exactly right. And in the four names you mentioned, we would view as kind of core holdings. Um, we've hold, we've held all four of those for uh, some time now, and then we will manage the position around valuation. So, you know, a great example during Brexit, there was a lot of concern about Europe. Uh, Priceline has a lot of exposure, um, you know, within the European hotel space. So um, there's an example of where you get a pullback in a great company. There's a price that you want to own a little bit more of it, and you can manage that position and add to it. So that's really how we view kind of those core positions. The disposition of the S&P 500 in terms of industry groups uh, is changing. And instead of just being 10, there are going to be 11 industry groups, and uh, Dave Wilson, our stocks columnist, has noted this previously, but they're reclassifying real estate. It's going to be its own sector. Talk about how that may offer opportunity. Sure. I think, you know, the, the world is looking for yield, and it's kind of interesting. Fixed income investors are relying on capital appreciation for yield. They're buying at, at zero and sometimes below zero interest rates. Equity investors are are seeking out kind of income. So it's kind of, a you know, the, the world is on its, on its head. So... Um, you know, but I think that does provide some opportunities. And it's interesting, they're breaking out the REIT sector from financials. REITs historically have provided a good inflation hedge for investors. Um, and it's interesting, um, if you're kind of active and selective within that space, um, I think there'll be more of a f an effect on the mid and small cap names within that space um, in terms of asset flows going into that area. And I think to be an active kind of flexible manager, um, you can really add some value in that space. Interesting that there are, retail is one area that you like on a very selective basis. Interesting because it, we're overstored. We got weak retail sales today. I mean, so many people are just, it's department stores. It's just a tough time to be a retailer. So who do you look for in a space like that? So that goes back to that, that concept of slow growth. I mean, we think of the retail world as a fixed pie and we want to own the companies who can, who can uh, gain a greater piece of that stagnant pie. So you look at a, an Amazon, um, you know, they're a terrific example of a company that is able to take market share kind of from traditional retailers. Um, you know, e-commerce is certainly growing as a percentage of total retail, and then they're taking market share within e-commerce. So they have a lot of ways to win. And I think that's how you have to approach the traditional retail market. How do you approach uh, the market having to do with health care? I was noting earlier in the week we got some news out of the chief financial officer of McKesson, mm -hmm. the pharmacy benefits uh, management yep. firm, saying that uh, you're going to see very muted price increases, at least until perhaps, let's say, after the election cycle, because the media attention, political attention on 
price increases for uh, drugs. A lot of the stocks took a tumble, including uh, Express Scripts, and the stock is down like 20% yep. so far this year. Uh, is that the kind of opportunity that you're saying an active manager can get involved with? Absolutely, and I think it goes back to some of the themes that I had mentioned earlier where you're looking for themes that aren't tied to kind of economic growth or, or less tightly tied to economic growth. So um, rather than make an investment based on who's going to, somebody's going to win in November, uh, we know that. Not a lot of people like it, but they, but we know that. Um, so we want to make an investment into themes that are persistent and, and will occur irrespective of what happens in November. And think about some themes in healthcare related to cost containment. And we think a company like Express Scripts um, is very well aligned with plan sponsors, with employers, um, uh, with providers to really help squeeze costs uh, out of the overall healthcare system. And that uh, theme is going to be persistent next year, the year after. Um, and I think you know some of the uncertainty uh, caused by the election can be a benefit or can be an opportunity to step into a name like that. You know, AMC Network's uh, under a bit of pressure today. There was a downgrade, and people are looking at some of their new uh, show lineups and ad sales, et cetera, et cetera. But more broadly, when you look at companies uh, in the media world, mm -hmm. um, there are you definitely have some names you like. Why? We like some of the larger diversified names, like like a Time Warner, like a Fox, um, that had diversified revenue bases. And they have a lot of their uh, revenue derived from content. So this tends to be recurring in nature. Um, content, we think, look, there's a war going on in terms of, of where you're going to consume this, whether it's online, whether it's on TV. We're agnostic to that. We want to own the companies who will provide that content and provide it in a recurring manner. So that's why we like those types of companies. I can't let you go without uh, getting your thoughts on Apple and what you've been hearing. Are you surprised by the increase in Apple related to the release of the new iPhone 7? Well, you always get volatility and noise, I, I think, around that. We try to step back and focus long term. And the thing that we're focused on with Apple is they're just continuing to increase their installed base. So everyone looks at how many do they sell this quarter or next quarter. We look more at what is the installed base, whether you're looking at particularly iPhones, but um, and that turns into a service model. And then they're able to sell into that in the future. So we think that they're moving um, to a company that's going to be much more recurring in, in, in nature. And you can buy it at a very decent price. I want to thank you very much for spending time with us. Greg Woodward is, uh, Greg Woodward is Senior Analyst Manning and Napier. And shares of Apple up 3.5%. We take you through to the close next.